Hello and welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other deadly pursuits. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Ben Slinger. So today, the day that this is this is released, is Father's Day. The future for us. Future for us, but day that this is released, and in the past for most people listening, is Father's Day in Australia. Yes, and because we uh, burned a buffer last weekend, it's been two weeks since we recorded, so we can actually talk about something relatively topical because we're not waiting 10 days to release the episode. <laughs> and I, I think we'll I think we'll try to keep it like this for a little while, you know, live on the seat of our pants, as it were. <laughs> yeah, you're not the one who has to do the editing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to... Yeah, be able to be a bit more topical and and uh, record the same week we re- we release. Yes, and not be Whoa. talking about the census two weeks afterwards. <laughs> exactly. So Father's Day, are you? Um, well, just are you, do you have plans for Father's Day? Are you doing anything special? Um, we've got lots planned with um, the father-in-law and my father. So some lunch things, some breakfast things, some other random things planned throughout the yep. day. Plans, plans, plans. Plans, plans, plans. What about for yourself? Are you doing anything special for you since you are also a father? Probably not too much in the way of me planning things because that's not how it works, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Really? It it, it is in our house. We we pre-plan everything and there's no surprises. No surprises whatsoever? No, ever since we found out we were having twins, that was the last. We decided that was the last surprise we ever wanted. <laughs> so we just try to keep it all, you know, prepared, and we know what's happening. No, I don't know. Maybe there are surprises for me. I'm not sure, but I think the main thing is I'll get some time to work on my own secret projects, and um, yeah, we'll we'll go over to to mum and dad's for for lunch on Sunday, but. Nothing too big, nothing that too sounds huge. Like, sounds like a nice cruisy day. Yeah, yeah. I know Taz made something for me at uh, daycare on Monday, so that'll be nice. I'm sure he'll give that. Be very happy about giving that to me. I've got to say, like when I was a kid, I always thought the easy way out was you know going with something that you make, and you know that your dad would much rather something that was bought. But since becoming a dad, you realise just how much you know the um the homemade stuff actually means a yeah. bit more that they've actually put a bit of I think it's funny into it. I think it probably go comes and goes in waves obviously yeah the first time you get something for father's day that your kid has made for you and thought about and it's you know uh, whatever a a little card that they've written on or a drawing that they've done it's like oh you know wow like done this done this great thing but uh, I'm pretty sure once you've got about, you know, eight of those, <laughs> I'm sure that just getting the getting the same homemade thing over and over again does get a little bit old. As as you know, as endearing as it is, not not that. So so did you at your school? Did you have like a Father's Day stall where you could yeah, buy things? They, they always did it, especially at the primary school. Um. And I always remember the Mother's Day one more because it was all just potpourri. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's the only thing that can, can possibly be done. Yeah. Well, that once once I got to a certain age, it was just, you know, mum mum would give us a budget for the, the Father's Day stall and it was just, it was almost random. I don't think I put any thought into what my dad would actually like, or at least I don't recall doing that. Now, given how... Our kids are going to be very technical, you know, technology savvy and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that around their 13 or 14, you know, they give us a Father's Day present of a, you know, a game that they've designed or something like that. That would just be <laughs> awesome. That would be pretty. That would be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Of course, anything creative, um, yeah, home homemade is definitely better. Uh, I I just seem to I don't know. I seem to recall. Feeling like my dad must be getting sick of particular any pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> particularly when you've got th- you know he had three kids and then more later on with fostering and stuff. But yeah, I'll have I'll have the three kids as well. And yeah, I'm sure I'll be getting a lot of exactly macaroni pictures and and pasted on glitter things. And 
you know, that's great the first few years, but I can see it getting old. <laughs> Eight years old, custom D&D campaign. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the sort of thing we want to encourage. Write me a song, design me a game. Yeah. Don't even have to, you know, make it, you know, just click pitch me. <laughs> <laughs> So, are there any specific presents you that stand out that you gave your dad? Anything um, you can recall? That's the thing. I don't remember too many of them. Like, I'm you must have been really just, a, just as creative, as, just, just as, as creative, creative as me. Then, <laughs> oh yeah, there was no real creative. It was just Father's Day stall. There we go. That'll do. Exactly. This tie. That'll do. Pair of socks. <laughs> Yeah, socks, ties, mugs. Although mugs are good. If the kids want to get me a mug, that's fine. I like a good mug, as long as it's a decent size. And good quality. Not lead-based paint. Well, yeah, not lead-based paint. And not something that's going to, like, dissolve in hot coffee. Um, Yeah, so, Father's Day. Funny thing about Father's Day, like, I lived in Canada for six years. um, Approximately two of which I was a dad. But their Father's Day is on a different day. But their Mother's Day isn't. <laughs> so no, awkward. I te- I technically get two Father's Day, whereas Erica would only get the one. I always pissed her off. No, we obviously only celebrated the Father's Day wherever we were. But I would I would technically get uh, Happy Father's Day greetings on Facebook and such, like both days <laughs> from different friends. From different friends, exactly. Depending on where they were. We're a bit rusty. It's been two weeks. Yeah, we're not we're not really getting into the group. So on the ball. <laughs> well, let's not change on the ball. Whatsoever. Let's change the subject. So uh, I've been meaning to talk to you about this, Trevor. Have you watched the hit, uh, the sleeper hit Netflix show, Stranger Things? Yes. Well, I've watched the first eight episodes. I'm waiting for the next like twenty <laughs> odd episodes to come out because those eight episodes were just they have to have just been a teaser. I mean, that's it, I think, dude. They haven't. I don't think they've actually even announced a second season yet, have they? Oh, Although it's bound to, it's bound to get one. Motherfuckers! I want more episodes, and I want it now. Uh, like we we ate those episodes up so damn quickly. Yeah, and yeah, we did too. Actually, we I think we got through them in three nights, which for us is three sort sittings, of unpre- awesome. unprecedented. You know, we usually only watch one show an evening, but yeah, we certainly gobbled that down. Yeah, um, I I must say that it brought back a lot of nostalgia, but it also, you know, started making me think. You know, the perceived fru- uh, perceived freedom that these these kids had compared to the freedom that that you know we had as, as kids. Yeah, well, I compared mean, to I, what our kids are going to have. I found that interesting too, because and I mean, there's been a bit of talk about this online, and because it it does have this classic thing. Oh, for the, for those who don't know, it's a it's a sort of horror thriller show set in the eighties, and it's very. Um, they did a very good job of capturing that time period with technology, with, um, well, the music, the cars, the, the titles. Clothes, the, oh, the titles were like every time that that title sequence came up, it was just like. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, and the title music is awesome for it. No, it's it's perfect. It, as as a lot of people say, like it just it felt like it feels like an artifact from that time. I almost you know the the casting was great. Um, those kids were like I feel like I feel like if I saw those kids in like modern clothes and modern times and like holding an iPhone, it'd it'd be too weird. Like they Your just brain had the would just break. Yeah, they just they had the right look. For that period, I don't know how they managed to do that. Whether it was just the the wardrobe and and makeup, or whether they specifically were looking for kids with a with a particular look, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I swear that you could probably watch ET and then watch Stranger Things and be like, okay, it's just it's done. You know, within a year or two of each. Oh other. yeah, very, so very definitely very heavy influence. Um, but yeah, so of course uh, one of, one of the big things. In movies like this, was these kids are just riding their bikes all over town and into the forest, and you know they're they just away into the evening and all day. Their parents are sort of just fine with it, and and somewhat oblivious as to what their kids are actually really getting up to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that 
that mum doesn't have any idea what's going on down in that basement. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hopefully, we're not going to be like that. Hopefully, you know, our kids will come to us and and talk to us about things. Because yeah, if look, listen, kids, if you're listening, if you find a creepy telepathic girl, you know, who just wants to be friends, listen, you can tell us. You don't have to hide her from us because we want to be involved. <laughs> yeah, we want to see it. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So we we didn't quite. We weren't like uh, the the show was set in the eighties, and of course, we we're a bit younger than those kids were. Um, so by the time we got to sort of twelve, thirteen, fourteen, it was a little bit later. But I don't know what what sort of freedom did you have at that sort of age? What do you recall? Um, I remember uh, probably getting my first set of house keys. Uh, from my parents, because before that we we would always have either after school care or mm. or be over at a friend's place. But then when I hit high school, it was like, okay, now you can have, say, the side door key, so you can come home and you can let yourself in. And yeah, what sort of age were you? Um, probably just turned thirteen. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to recall. I probably had a bit house of freedom. Keys. I was able to ride my bike. To and from school and all those sort of basic, hmm. basic things, but I don't, I don't remember really having, you know, freedom to go off riding all, all day and all night without my parents knowing. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. Like after school, would you be out of the house? Like, would you be off doing stuff? And if so, would your parents know where you were? Um, occasionally I'd be off at a friend's place, but I'd usually, you know try to call home as soon as I could. Yeah. Knowing that my parents would be home around 5, 5.30 or so, I'd start calling around 5. Yeah, I can't actually remember. Or I'd, or I'd drop in home first, leave a note saying, I'm over at Paul's place, here's how to get get in touch, and I'd mm. just be over there. And it was sort of like, you know, you knew that you had to be home by 6 sort of thing. Yeah. So, interestingly, at that age, once I was in high school, I didn't really have friends who were close by, like, that I could get to of my own volition anyway. I mean, I guess technically I could have caught a bus or something, but I wasn't really doing that. So, if I was going to friends' places, you know, I had to get dropped off by mum and dad anyway or picked up or whatever. So, they generally knew where I was. But I recall through, like, primary school, um, I had a few friends on on my street. So, walking distance, you know. Yep. Um, and in fact, you know, their houses are basically within visual distance of my parents' house if you came out onto the road. But I definitely just, I mean, I guess I'd tell mum and dad where I was going, but I'd just leave the house and go over to their house and knock on their door and say like, hey, can such and such come out to play? And then like, you know, we wouldn't necessarily stay at that person's house. We might go to another person's house or whatever. So... Yeah, like thinking back on it, my parents probably didn't have the greatest idea where I was a lot of the time in the afternoons or on weekends yep. because I would just go off and, and you know, I kind of, I can't imagine doing that. And I don't know if that's just that I'm buying in to, you know, the sort of current atmosphere of being a bit more afraid and a bit more um, aware, you know. Of your of your kids, maybe I'm a bit of a helicopter Which, parent, and I mean, of course, they're only you know, my oldest isn't even three yet, so maybe that'll yeah. change once they get to that age. But uh, like even picturing them at that age, I sort of like what? Well, well, you know, what do you mean? I might not might not know exactly where they are at all times. So I started looking into um, just just to just to have a look at crime rates between you know eighties and nineties and two thousands and oh now. yeah. No, no. There's and, a lot of statistics on it, yeah. And the funny thing is, a lot of the a lot of the child abductions and those sort of things that you you're really scared about, they have dropped severely in number since like the 1990s when we were we were out there. They've dropped to like not even a quarter of what it was. It's even you know probably more like an eighth of what it was back then. Yeah, it's absolutely not a like this whole. Um hyper awareness and and not letting your kids out of your sight thing is not based in fact in any way it's based on media coverage it's actually a much yeah like statistically 
a much safer place for kids out there. Although, I mean, there is the argument that, you know, that drop in those things comes because we don't let our kids out as much and this sort of thing. But yeah, you got to sort of take take the statistics with a grain of salt. But yeah, but I think from what I've read, it, the drop is larger than what could be accounted for just in sort of the actual behavior of kids. Um, and particularly because crime in general has dropped, you know, in fairly similar rates, I believe, you know, across, across most countries, um, at least sort of Western countries, I guess. Not un, uh, uh, I'm not talking about war-torn countries, but no, that's a different matter. And we, we can't really talk about, you know, non-English speaking countries because I was just looking at namely, you know, Australian um England data, New Zealand data, and a little bit of US. Yeah. Well, North America, because it sort of lumped Canada in there as well. Yeah. But yeah, like, that's definitely... There's definitely a lot more fear around it, and, and it mostly seems to be unfounded. And I mean, the thing is, it was always the case that kids, like, if someone's... And I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but if a kid's going to get abduct, abducted, then it's probably not going to be by some random stranger on the street. You know, it's most likely going to be by a family member yeah yeah and so you still obviously have to teach your kids to be sensible and to you know if someone does approach them to to have a code word or whatever it is whatever the current strategies are for for doing that and danger and all those sort of things yeah yeah like do they still actually have like the safety house programs and i don't know and those sort of things i mean i remember when we were growing up like mum and dad joined the whole safety house program and their house was a safety house for a number of years and right. then they realized that mum was never home like mm. anymore she was going to work so she actually had our house removed from the program because yeah of, that's probably good because you, we just you don't want there you don't want someone yeah coming because they do need to sort of escape someone and and, and nobody's home and then they're sort of stuck if they're being if they're being you know pursued or or, or harassed or whatever but that's the thing. I don't remember seeing anything about safety houses or anything like those sort of things anymore. Like I definitely haven't seen them in a long while. It, it's almost as if, oh yeah, we'll just slowly get rid of it, and there's no neighbourhood watch anymore. It's just, it's there must be some other some other things going on. I'm sure there are. Now. But having said that, in general, there has been a bit more of a trend away from that sort of community involvement. I feel like, and, and sort of knowing your neighbours and. You know, I don't know if it's just because we lived in a particularly friendly street or that my parents were particularly friendly or just because I lived in a street where there were a bunch of other kids sort of around my age. But, you know, I knew every house and all the people within them along my street for like a block of, you know, 10, 12 houses. Yep. Um, And, you know, we'd go between them and go over to different houses at different times and... And it was all fine because everybody knew, at least had some idea of who everybody else was. Yeah, I don't know. I assume that still happens in places. I mean, we're pretty friendly with a couple of our, with a few of our neighbours now. And so I assume when our kids get old enough, we probably will just let them, you know, go and play next door or three houses down or whatever. But but as for if they're on the way home and they're approached by someone, you know. Yeah, I mean, what what do you what do you teach them in that case? What do you tell them to do? I don't know. Yeah, so it's something that we're going to have to definitely look into in the next little while, and that'll be a future, a future episode of Two Sweary Dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we get to that that specific thing. So interesting, you said like stranger danger, which of course is just the common term that everybody uses for that sort of thing. But there's been a bit of a trend in certain circles to move away from that term. Yep, because it's actually too broad. Like, if if you're saying that everyone who is a stranger is danger then if they get lost, then they're basically stuck, right? Like, yep. they don't know... They haven't had they have anybody to go to. What sort of stranger it's more, they can talk to. Wouldn't yeah, it's exactly. It's more about teaching them how to determine when a stranger is being inappropriate or if they're getting an icky feeling about someone or, you know, I think one of the common things uh, is to say, you know, if you get lost, go and find another mum. Although, you know, being a dad's podcast, we should could probably say that you could go and find another dad. Like, basically, I mean, if someone else someone else looking after kids is generally 
going to be someone you can at least rely on to to you know take take the kid to the right place to to find yeah, you to, again or r- rather than you know the creepy guy with the um with the white white van that has no <laughs> windows and is offering lollies and well yeah so, <laughs> again the very stereotypical sort of thing but uh yeah like you hopefully you hopefully you're able to take to teach your kids to 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 read the yeah sort of read the intentions of someone to some degree read the situation yeah exactly so within um within stranger things mm-hmm. there were there were a number of like interesting interesting sort of things that that i found happening like within the friend within the friend relationships even you know, you had you had sort of the friend who um, you know didn't didn't like like the fact that this um, creepy girl had come into the into the friend group and was breaking what he saw as the as the core group apart. So yeah. I'm just I, I saw you know it almost as if you know looking back at my childhood when you know different friend groups sort of merged and and you saw you know dynamics were breaking apart and. I yeah, yeah, and I mean they did that really well. Um, I definitely had times like that. There, there are always those sort of almost grey areas between friend groups where you know it's one or two people are friends with these other couple of people, and so when those when you know when those people turn up, everyone else is a bit iffy about it and not very you know doesn't they they're not really friends with them or they don't like them for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know. Did you? When you were sort of that age, did you have that kind of core little group? Well, here's the weird thing. During, say, I'd say that they're around what year seven. Yeah, I guess so. It's funny, like when I th- when I think about myself relating to them, I think of them more in a primary school kind of way. But you're right; like their actual ages are, are probably more like us in year s- year seven or eight, even. Yeah. So, year seven was very different to year eight to me. Like year seven, I, I wasn't hanging out with a lot of kids my own age. Mm. I was actually hanging out with like I had a I had a friend, um, a family friend who was in year ten. Yeah. So I actually hang around hung around with them most of the time. Right. It was very unusual. Like I I found. At that time, conversations a lot easier to with the older kids. Like mm. a lot of the younger, a lot of the younger ones, you know, didn't didn't really want to talk about the stuff that I wanted to talk about, which was computers, PCs, video games, and those sort of things. It was. Yeah. But then year eight came along, and I met up with, you know, your your Rob and <laughs> and um and a few other a few other people, and it was sort of like became part of that group yeah but it wasn't until year eight that that actually happened because in in year seven i just never never really met Mm. um met them yeah well it's interesting it's interesting here because i feel like and i'm not fully across the american high school system because they have like junior high yep and is that when does that happen is that seven and eight or something or is it even earlier it may even be six seven eight because I'm thinking, like, when we get, like, when you start year seven here, I feel like everyone is just, because you're just sort of thrown in the deep end, right? You're generally, now you're the smallest, youngest You've gone kids. from the top of the school to the bottom of the school. Yeah, exactly. So... And especially in a, um, in a high school like our high school, where you had year seven to 12 at the mm, one campus, mm. it was yeah, pretty scary. Yeah, that's a big age, like, age range. It was kind of it was kind of creepy like especially getting towards the end of the year and you had the um the big year 12 breakup oh, and God. that thing was like you didn't really know what you were getting in into it was like you turn up at school and there's a pig's head on the on the speaker on, like, on the speaker and there's there's a pig's there's... head in the in the um in the satellite dish over yep. there and then and there are older there's... kids waiting to throw eggs at younger kids who are getting off the bus yep and then there's honey and super glue on bloody handles to get into get into rooms and it's like it was yeah that was kind of insane i i've actually sure it was the end of the year but it was like oh my god you know i feel like i'm not safe in this school this is the thing i never felt like 
the teachers had all that much control in our school, really. Oh, hell no. And I mean... Some it, of them just wanted to be more friend, friends than than anyone else. I mean, I I learned about some of the, some of my favourite TV shows from my English teacher in year nine. Oh, yeah. There were definitely some good teachers who were friendly like that. But, like, I, I don't think... I, I never knew... And maybe this is just the uncertainty of that age and stuff, but, like, I didn't feel like there were teachers or anybody I could go to 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 talk to or to get help you know making my way through high school sort of thing um i mean on that f- i think that first year 12 muck up day yeah where they were throwing eggs like funnily enough so if, you know cuz i did I, I got off the bus and there were a bunch of people there but me and some other people um went sort of a roundabout way via this hole in the fence basically to try to avoid them and they like saw us at the last minute and chased us and throwing eggs but we all managed to get away and it's actually you know of course that was like exciting then like we ran and we got away and then some asshole in our year in our year then came up while i was at the i think at the drinking fountain and smashed a fucking raw egg on my head and because he just decided to join in on the festivities. Cause yeah, because he was just a prick. I can't. I can't even remember the guy's name. I'd, I'd be able to point him out in a school photo, but that's about it. Yeah, um, but like, I didn't. I don't think I went to a teacher or anything. No, and because I mean, for one, I knew like they weren't. They wouldn't have done anything. But also, yeah, like I just uh, we did sort of feel like we were just fending for ourselves. And thinking back now and what age that is, you know, I was what, like 13, 12, 13. That seems really young for kids to be doing that. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's just because with, with sort of all the years that I've experienced since then, it seems younger than it actually is. But yeah, I just, you know, I had to just cl- clean it off as best I could and then live the whole day with fucking egg in my hair. Like it was gross and horrible and humiliating, but it's sort of just what that what that is. Well, I think the creepy thing is I can still remember everything that sort of happened that day. Yet that was 23 years ago. You know, yeah, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's a long fucking time. We're we're 2 years off our 20 year um <laughs> anniversary of leaving leaving school. Leaving high school. Not that we went to any of our reunions, but and I yeah. don't know that they do a 20 year, but <sighs> I didn't didn't really um like I still catch up with all the people that I really want to catch up with. So that's it. Exactly. There were people who I was friends with in high school and, I, but like, I barely remember their names now and that's just cause I'm terrible with names, but like, you know, yeah. Like if I, if I would wanted to keep up with them, I would have found them on, found them on Facebook. And, you know, I do occasionally click through that, that Pembroke 98, um, group and just look at everyone's profiles, pictures and go, Oh, huh. That person. Yeah, I can kind of remember them. I don't remember what they were like. No. No. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that person's name. Now they have kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I start, I started thinking that the sort of Stranger Things was a very adult show with kids as the heart of it. I started thinking, yeah. you know, what, what, sort of, what sort of age would you actually show your kid this sort of show you know to sort of sh- even even show him you know this is sort of what what things were like back when we were growing up a little bit more freedom and and it's got adult themes i know that but it's it's also you know very very close to to my heart in the, in the way of how things were was sort of yeah i mean i'm trying to think of i'm trying to think of movies and things that I watched that were set in this same time, basically, like E.T. and stuff, and how old I was when I first watched them. Or even even around the same level of, of scariness. Like, I remember yeah. watching Raiders of the Lost Ark at eight, and, you know, that thing, that was actually pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of things, like even the Goonies, um, you know, that had some pretty scary moments in it, and people, sh- like gangsters and you know whatever but i probably watched that when i was nine maybe ten 
Um, yeah, I'm just going to think. And it came out in 84 or something, I think. So, like, I was only... Or 86, maybe. Goonies was... 85. So, I was yep. only four years old when it came out. So, you know, it was a while before I saw it. But I feel like... I feel like it was always there in my... Like, I feel like it stuck... It obviously just stuck around long enough, you know? Yeah. That it was still then, a relevant film when I finally got around to watching it, you know, yeah, maybe like four or five years later. Then you had things like Gremlins. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean... But even... The, uh, these see, Gremlins, all... I don't think I saw until I was even... I probably didn't see Gremlins then until I was in my... Like a teenager, basically. Because I remember hearing about Gremlins and I had... Like, I think I had ideas in my head about what that movie could be. But then I feel like actually by the time I saw it, I was, it was almost a little, I was almost a little old for it. Even yep. though the reason I hadn't seen it is because it was, you know, it's basically a horror film, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember in, I think it was 1990, I was in grade four and I went over to a friend um, and... Mm. This kid had come over from England, didn't really have that many that many friends, and sort of was the the class clown. He was acting up all the time. But I became really good friends with him for this one year. Like he literally every single weekend we'd we'd you know I'd spend over at his place, and he lived up on Pine Road, so not too far away from my house, and I could I could ride there in maybe five minutes. But it's it's sort of a more bushland area. And they had a massive property up there. But we'd watch, like, his parents had let him let him watch, you know, things like Poltergeist and Gremlins and even, I think, A Nightmare on Elm Street and a few other horror films like that. So yeah. I was around 10 or so when I was seeing some of these films. I didn't understand everything about them, but I just remember going through going, wow, this is, this is kind of a bit wrong to be to be doing this. I know that my parents really wouldn't want me seeing this, but seeing child's play when you when you're about, you know, ten or so can be quite scary, but oh, oh yeah. my god, it was good. Well even like, Ghostbusters, man, like I remember I must have been fairly young when I saw Ghostbusters. Like probably seven or eight. But yeah, like there was some scary shit in that movie. It's just creepy, you know? And I'm trying to remember the year my parents, basically, they finally decided that I was old enough to, to um, watch a horror film mm-hmm. with their blessing. And the horror film that they chose was Arachnophobia. Oh, God. Now, that came out, I think, in 1990, and it was on video in about 91, 92. So, I would have been 11 or 12. Yeah. And we were away on holiday, basically, at a timeshare. And they hired it. They watched it alone one night and they said look if you if you want to if you want to watch a horror film this was a really good one but it is scary and you don't like spiders but you can watch it so i watched it i jumped in one part and it was only that one part where the the old lady goes to turn off the light and the yep. spider just drops down and bites yeah that's like other than that everything else one of the scenes i always remember everything else was, i was actually like you know this is this was really, really, like, I'm actually just like looking at it on Google Images now. Oh my god, that was a good film. I I, sh- I need to watch it again. I I the other shot I always remember, of course, is the climactic shot where he like fires the nail gun through the flaming spider. Yep. And uh, yeah, but it's not even that's not even epic. the climactic spot. Oh yes, it is. Sorry, I think that's right hits, at the end. He hits yeah, the, he, the nest or whatever. He hits the um. There's a board that the spider climbs onto, and he hits it down, and then you know shoots, right. shoots it up shoots into the air, and then hits it with the nut. Yeah, something yep. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh my uh, god. I, I, I'm not sure what that if that movie actually made my arachnophobia worse or not, but it was pretty effective at what it did. Oh yeah. Um, and then when you watch it back and you realise, you know, it's got John Goodman in it, and it's got, um, who was the lead guy? Was it Bill um, No, no, it's uh, Jeff Bridges, I think. Jeff Bridges, that's right. Yeah. But you see you see this guy and you go, wow, you know, he helped form my, my you know, psyche when I was, when I was a kid because, <laughs> you know. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. 
Let's get those. The two guy from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love reminiscing about old films because it just reminds me just how much I've got to show my kids. Oh yeah. And we've talked about that before, of course. It's almost it's almost hard to wait that long, you know. We're talking about us having seen them at, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Like that's fucking nearly ten years away before we get to show them these movies. I know. By which um, point I've... by which point they're gonna be over thirty years old, the movies. Mm. Well, I I've already started James on Star Wars. Okay. Okay, that's so big. He sat there and he watched the first one. And he sat there and he watched, you know, the the second one, the mm-hmm. first one being the first one produced in 1977. He sat all the way through it, through to the very end. And wow. that's when he started getting up. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's really quite good. Showed him Empire, it didn't quite do the, the same thing. So, um, since then, he's been in the room while I watched Force Awakens and, you know, he was somewhat interested, but mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to when I can, when I can... Show him the um, the machete order. The, oh yeah, right, yeah. So for those people out there who don't know the machete order, the machete order literally goes like this: you watch the first Star Wars episode four, then you watch um, second Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, then you you skip um, Return of the Jedi for the moment, you go back to Attack of the Clones, then you watch uh, Revenge of the Sith. Then you finally watch um, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens and you skip Phantom Menace altogether. Because Phantom Menace, the only cool thing it had was, well, Liam Neeson and Darth Maul. But other than that, it put in a whole heap of stuff that you didn't really need for the rest of the show. Yeah, and the idea being that it preserves the reveal at the end of Empire. Which, yeah, if you you watch the prequels first, you basically ruin that. And, yeah, it it has a lot more going for it than what it than what it sort of spoils in um in Jedi. So I don't know. I I think it's um I think it's certainly something I'd like to have been able to experience it at. Yeah, we'll see. It's funny because like I I like Star Wars, but I've probably only seen the films a few times each, and particularly the the prequels. I think I've only seen twice each, and we watched we watched them all again. Even even episode one, um, uh, before um, seeing Force Awakens, um, you know, and, and they're good, and yeah, I hope uh, I'm, I'm more into just the idea and the mythology around it than the movies themselves necessarily. Even like they they're they're good movies and there's some some good stuff in them, but there's a lot of cheesy shit in all of them. Like even the original trilogy, you know, trilogy. You oh, know, definitely. It doesn't. It's not. Like they're these perfectly made movies. It's just that they sort of, you know, they they do have this obviously huge. I was going to say cult thing. I don't know if it counts as a cult thing when it's fucking Star Wars, but it's that same sort of feel where it's just it has they have these hardcore fans and and it's just built up such a following. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the kids the kids watching those one day. I don't know if I'll start as early as you have with James or not, but. You know, uh, it's hard to say. They're getting definitely... Taz is getting much more into watching movies. He really enjoyed um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. We watched that over the last couple of nights. It was a very, very funny movie. Very, very funny movie. But yeah. Um, Well, something that James... James has been watching a little bit of um, different Transformers um, TV series on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And the other day, um, Transformers was on Foxtel. And Bianca was over at a friend's place, and it just it was on in the background, and he and he saw it, and he's like, he's like, oh, I like the look of that car. It's a yellow car, and he goes, um, Transformer, and she goes, yes, it is, and it's like, oh, it is. And he just sat there, <laughs> and and then um, she said, it's Bumblebee, and he goes, oh, it's like his favorite his favorite Transformer. And he's just running up to the TV and just you know, clapping his hands everywhere, and he transformed and he was just glued to the screen it's like oh my god this actually exists and I'm just like oh my god you know this is almost like him seeing you know his favorite his favorite sort of character come to life yeah you can just imagine you know when he when he starts seeing movies that i loved as a kid like labyrinth and the dark oh, crystal god, yeah labyrinth is amazing again though i 
that that was one of those movies that like even that had stuff that creeped me out even when i was i don't know whenever i was watching it again probably yep. you know eight nine ten the scene with the like pink creatures that can take their heads off and all their body parts to pieces yeah like that used to, I, I think i'm pretty sure i used to cover my eyes when that was on because it was too weird it just mm-hmm. it was too strange even in this world of puppets and fucking bogs of eternal stench and david bowie's junk oh, <laughs> oh god rest in peace david bowie's junk oh we've lost so many good people this year haven't we oh i know news today gene wilder very sad Yes, so make, another makes me one. want to makes me want to go back and watch some um, Young Frankenstein and Willy yeah, Wonka and a interestingly, few other yeah. So Willy Wonka was obviously the big one for me. I, I never went back and watched a lot of Gene Wilder's earliest stuff. I don't think I remember. I definitely watched some of his stuff that he did with uh, what's his name, Richard Pryor. With Richard Pryor, yes, I definitely remember in the sort of 80s and nine well probably the 90s i guess you know those when we'd get a bunch of did you you obviously would do the thing where you'd go to a video store and they'd have the like five movies for five dollars or something five weeklies oh, yeah. and just sit there and watch a ton of movies and you so you'd always struggle well often struggle to actually choose movies like there was just too many to choose from so you'd always end up getting something that you didn't really know much about but looked good from the cover and i think a couple times you know, grab grab like yeah, see no evil, see no evil, hear no evil, or or Police Academy Four. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't ever get into the Police Academies. I watched a couple oh, of them here and there. I love the Police Academies. Um, Stir but, Crazy, but then again, I think was the other one with. Then again, I that I saw. I grew up at um, I pretty much grew up at the at the Irvin household, and and Police <laughs> Academy was certainly a um was certainly a, a staple staple viewing that and um down periscope if you've ever seen that film is that the one with uh kelsey grammar kelsey grammar yeah mm. it's basically airplane but for submarines yeah or is it and not quite no it's not quite no, that it's not, not quite um, as zany yeah it's not quite that sort of non sequitur no it's probably humor. closer to a um closer to a police academy yeah sort of humor yeah, yeah. without the goots <laughs> How do we end up going going for a, a walk through memory lane of all the old films? How do we ever? Watched? We're dads. It's what we do. Yes. <laughs> when, 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 when we're not dadding, we're reminiscing. It's true. Or going on boys' weekends as we just came back from one. Yeah, we should probably mention that since we bloody mentioned it so many times on the lead up to it. <laughs> we finally had our boys' weekend away. And oh my God, it was it was just perfect. It was, yeah, was it was good fun. Oh, yeah, geez. We had a few people who were feeling a bit shitty. So, I mean, between that and just the fact that we're getting old, it definitely wasn't the sort of drunken clusterfuck that it usually is. Yeah. It was mostly just, you know, I mean, we, we drank a fair bit, but it was over. Speak for yourself. Sort of I afternoon. Drank, no, I drank didn't. one beer over the entire weekend. Yeah. Well, you, you don't drink as much these days, and you were sick, no. so... I definitely, I definitely had a fair amount to drink, but I never got particularly. I didn't get particularly drunk. But anyway, yeah, it was, it was good. We watched a lot of Rick and Morty. We played a bunch of Wubba Lubba Dub Dub <laughs> multiplayer <laughs> video games. Not sure. I guess uh, Towerfall was probably the the star of that. In the end, yeah, it was probably the, end, the one yeah. that's that stuck with us. Um, Overcooked. That was Overcooked was amazing. a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's a fun, interesting little uh, competitive slash cooperative cooking game where you have to grab the ingredients and cut them up and you've got a time limit and 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 all sorts of weird things going on in the in the game like you know mm-hmm. being on different trucks and different stuff that was fun yeah i'd like to play some more um, of that. video ball was amazing video ball great was to get six on six yeah push me pull you that was a real letdown <laughs> yeah that I, bought, I guess we got that more for the comedy and weird factor anyway but i was hoping it would be better than it was and yeah we played a lot of board board games too a few games of munchkin that went for a few hours each <laughs> uh if you haven't played the game munchkin go out buy it it's awesome yeah um, it is a really cost you a game. little bit but it's 
Um, once you get into it, it is it's just. I mean, you can get started on just the basic first edition, like the yeah the re- regular first edition. Edition's you don't, you don't need bucks. all the all the expansions initially. We we have most of the expansions in there, at least most of the classic Munchkin expansions, because they also have tons of sort of different space Munchkin and fucking. Western munchkin. Cow- yeah, exactly. Cowboy munchkin and zombie munchkin and all these different types. Yeah. So there's there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um couple games of Castle Panic, which was fun. A little cooperative. Yeah, thing. that that was that was a that was a surprisingly Although, Yeah. Oh, we'll have to play I think there are some harder variants next time because we beat it. It's a cooperative game and we, we won on our second time through. Which is just a little it's just almost a little disappointing. We got our ass handed to us the first time because all the all the main guys came out right at the end right and they the started, end. you know, we had like 12 trolls coming in all at once. Yeah. Again, for those who haven't played, this is, it's a cooperative game for, I think, like two to six players, technically one to six, I think you can play by yourself. Um, yeah, there's a solitaire mode. Yeah. Where uh, you're, you're just, you're protecting a castle and, and you've got monsters coming towards you that you have to take out. But uh, yeah, I was, I was. I guess I was hoping it'd be a bit closer to something like Pandemic, which would have been nice to play too. We didn't get to that one, where uh, mm. where the chances of you actually winning, you know, you have to actually do quite well, and um, and and plus also have some some decent luck. Um, we played a very fun game called Machine of Death. Yeah, that was fun actually. Um, it'll be fun to do that again. Yeah, it's it's a game where basically you've got to you've got a method of death for for a for a mission that you're doing and you you and your and your team have to come up to come up with the um the plan the way that based on the plan on resources you have yeah and it's like some of the some of the information that we started coming up with like i was really impressed (laughs) well but seeing that the last mission ended with moriarty coming out to confuse the guy with a puzzle so that Inspector Lestrade could then arrest him to so that Tintin could write an article that would definitely put him like convict him and give him the death penalty and then that is how he died because the way that he's died needed to be French press uh yeah <laughs> It was a very roundabout way of doing it, and it was rather late at night, but it was fun. It was rather late. Well, it was rather late at night, and we got three cards. We obviously hadn't shuffled well enough that all said public domain character on them. <laughs> and it's like, God damn it, how the fuck are we going to do this? So, yeah, it's 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 actually based on a, um, a two books, uh, which are collections of short stories written with the one one common thing in mind, which is this idea of a machine of death, which given a blood sample will spit out a little card that has your cause of death on it and it is always 100% right it just happens to like uh, vague and ironic predictions yeah kind of like um if it said that old age um was your method of death it may actually be you know an elderly pen- pensioner driving his car that runs you over yes exactly therefore old age actually killed you <laughs> It's just not in the way that you thought. Yes. So yeah, that yeah that was fun. We'll definitely have to do that one again. I'm disappointed we didn't get a game of Fiasco in, which is sort of a, yeah almost a similar similar in that it's it's there's no real winner. It's um it's just a very cooperative storytelling kind of kind of game. I still remember how our first game ended up that we ever played. Oh yeah, where it was like we were a rock band. You your character ended up with one one arm. Roadie or something? No, what were you? Yes. Yeah, yeah one arm Roadie. Yeah. And in the end, you know, um, my character just kept on getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse stuff happening to him until finally I think he had a love potion with one of the, uh, given to him by one of the other band members and he ended up in a in a tryst with another male member. <laughs> so that, that was quite, that quite an interesting turn. But it was like... Yeah. You really didn't care what happened to your character. You you really wanted them to them to end up in a really bad place. Yeah, because it's it's funnier that way and more interesting. That's what I like about those kind of storytelling games. You're not necessarily looking out for your own character. You're just you're looking out for the story. And I mean, it's it's you know it's very 
D and D has that aspect of it too. If you yeah. if you play in particular ways, I mean, some people in D and D do just look out for their character, but if you're playing it right, I feel like it and should be like about telling a good story. Yeah, well, Munchkin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. It was a fun weekend. All up. Hopefully, it won't weekend. be another four years before we get to do another one with all of us. No, I'm I'm picturing a time. Hang on, let's just go forward a couple of months. There we go. Um, September 2016. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do our next one. And then we'll do one after that in October 2016. And just do it, make it a monthly thing. <laughs> Considering it took us about three and a half months to get this one organised. Yeah, I know. Oh, hmm. we, we probably won't be going to the same place again next time, which is... More yeah, we'll try so something we can new. Experience something else. And if anybody knows of a place that has a big TV and a hot tub and can s- sleep seven or eight people, and has a barbecue and an, I don't know, and that is in need. Victoria and not in like, not in Queensland or something like that, because yeah. it's going to be very hard to drive. Canada. media center up there. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, let us know. <laughs> I think I think we're about done. I think that's it. I think that might be it. It was a, a bit of a. Slower one this week, but we'll get back into it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm a little bit under the weather still, which is yeah. why I wasn't as as perky as usual. You're so under weather that your coughs could be heard from my end, even though you muted yourself. That was impressive. Yes. Um, maybe you'll leave them in. <laughs> maybe, or maybe I'll just leave that comment in. <laughs> okay. So you can visit us at our website www.twoswearydads.com You can find us on Twitter at Two Sweary Dads. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Two Sweary Dads. You can email us any questions or comments, podcast at Two Sweary Dads.com. A uh, big thank you goes out to the boys over at Kuradust for their songs uh, Tonight Party Tonight and Predictive Texts. Um, I know that the, the, the bassist is a pretty hot dude. <laughs> yeah, in his time, you know. I think he's got really, a big beard now. He's, the singer's really the one who is, you know, held up over the years. So, Trevor, any final thoughts? What is the upside down? Go ask Bob. I mean, go ask your mum. <laughs> go ask your mum go ask your mum jeans <laughs> wobble up a dub dub <laughs> wobble up a dub dub Trevor and Ben 100 years Trevor and Ben www.100yearsbenandtrevor.com or www <laughs>